Welcome to the first installment of hopefully many, many episodes of Locally Sourced Joey uh, podcast. You know, another one to add to the million out there. Um, and fittingly enough, uh, my very first guest on this podcast will be the people who brought me into this world. Mom and Dad sitting at home in, in Skokie. How, how are you guys doing? Oh, we are doing very well today, thank you. Oh, we have to give some credit to the obstetrician, I think. Yes, oh, okay. he did help, too. Uh, Always. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Yay, we are. Dr. Wagner. Dr. Wagner, big shout out. Hopefully he's listening. Ideally while not working, because uh, that just distracts him, I'd imagine. Um, so we went to the Taste of Chicago yesterday. Very thrilling stuff. I'm a big fan of the taste. I think you guys are lesser fans, but still enjoy it. Well, I'll have to tell you, Joey, the reason why I was a lesser fan is because our past experiences, we've been there when it's been very crowded, very chaotic, very hot, very difficult to get around. But yesterday was perfect. The weather was fine. The crowds were reasonable. I felt relaxed, which I thought I'd never feel a taste of Chicago. So it really was a, a nice festival, a nice day. And it was, uh, it's, I always enjoy it too when it rains on the train ride back because I feel like I just dodged a bullet. Like had I, you know, had we left 20 minutes later, we'd be soaked in the rain and try eating a rainbow cone in the rain. You can't do it. You just can't do it. <laughs> and it was a rare treat not to have pigeons or seagulls begging for food in your vicinity. Right, so right. We timed it very well. And I've had two, two separate times where I've gone to taste the Chicago and someone has had a pigeon poop on them. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm always pleased when I avoid that in life. Uh, although there were a couple snafus, uh, so not not a completely flawless visit. Dad, I know your first stop. My first highlight yeah. I was looking forward to was uh, an African restaurant called Vivi's that I've tried in the past and liked, and always enjoyed uh, goat on their menu. But we arrived at around 11:30 a.m on the opening day of the Taste of Chicago, and I asked for my delicious goat dish, and the guy says, we're out of it. We're out of goat. Out of goat. And they open at 11 o'clock, so this is 30, 40 minutes in to the visit. They're out of goat. So and I grabbed my nine or 12 tickets, whatever it was, for this, and said, I'll think about getting something else next time. That's Maybe right. the jerk chicken, but they lost our business at the that's a shame. I mean, I don't live in Chicago anymore, so I wasn't planning on going to VV's ever. But I, you know, if you're listening and you are in Chicago, then I, I guess you could still go to VV's. They'd probably assume they'd have goat at their own restaurant. But at the Taste of Chicago, be prepared to be disappointed, uh, courtesy of the lack of goat that apparently runs rampant throughout the town. So that was disappointing. Uh, in addition, I had an original rainbow cone, which was fantastic. Uh, five different flavors all in one, strawberry, pistachio, chocolate, orange sherbet, mystery yellow flavor that no one actually knows what it is. Uh, it's some sort of pimento knockoff or something like that. I don't know. I had a bunch of nuts in it. It's all good. I uh, finished, you know, 98% of it without without flaw. And then I don't even know what I, I was emphasizing some point that I was making and flipped my ice cream cone over and the chocolate just falls out onto your pants. And Anyone who's ever eaten chocolate and gets it smeared all over their pants, you know it's, it's terrible. And then you walk around like that all day because we don't bring Tide to Go pens anymore because you assume three you know, adults could avoid spilling chocolate on their pants. But 
Not the case for me. Two of them did successfully. <laughs> that is true. If we're, uh, if we're talking baseball, two out of three. Very good. Uh, even in basketball, it's not too bad. Because, you know, we always bring it back to sports on Locally Sourced Jack. Or to uh, organically. Uh, thought of food. Something like that. But anyway, so the rest of the day was just spent walking around uh, with six to seven chocolate stains on my pants. And that's how, that's how life is sometimes. But there were many, many people at Taste of Chicago in the same boat with stained clothes, <laughs> food stained clothes. I think a lot of it was sweat stains, but that's a little more I, I guess, remember acceptable. remember small children pointing at your pants or anything and laughing. So I think you, you avoided any ridicule. There was, it was funny, too, because there was a little kid having his mom clean his face right, uh, right next to us. And we kind of chuckled, like, oh, look at that kid needing someone to clean for him. And then moments later, karma hits and lands on my pants. And uh, it's never a good time, but, well, it's what laundry's for, right? Thanks for doing the laundry, too. Mom. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, any final, uh, any final taste thoughts? What was your what was your favorite dish? One I made a note of I, I really liked was the uh, new food truck arrived in town called the Chicago Lunchbox, which I, I wasn't familiar with. I haven't tried any of the food trucks in the city yet, but um, but they had a special I liked. Uh, I got a taste portion of the Vietnamese marinated pork, and we all tried a bite of that. And thought it was very nicely seasoned. Mm-hmm. Unusual flavors to it. Something you don't usually get in a pork sandwich. I right. did. I really like that I, one. Yeah. I thought it was the most unique dish we had. We had many nice things there, many good things, but that was the most different. I Earlier today, I did go through the uh, program there and, and circled everything we did try, and we had a nice variety, but I forgot about your Robinson ribs. There have been many tastes where you've gone back and had a, two or three sandwiches, but you just had one yesterday, but that was still the the highlight of your day. That was the only full portion of anything you got, I think. Everything else was the taste portion. Well, we got a, for, a full churro that oh, that's was true. labeled as churros with an S, Churitos. and then we just got one churro, so I, I think that's false advertising. Yes. But what you going to do? It was a good churro. It's an expensive churro. Yeah. A couple bucks, I guess, based off the, the price of that. But I digress, you know. we, I know I personally gained about 12 pounds, so I consider that a successful taste. If you keep it under 20 but above 10, you're doing well. Well, it, it was a very nice day. Plus, we had the opportunity to get some swag, which included a couple of uh, photo booth uh, souvenirs of our visit to the Tay, so I have something for my scrapbook now, so I'm a happy mama. And we got to sample olive oil and cake, and I hold a giant coffee mug. Yes. It's a busy day. Things, things I don't usually do, but yes. Very nice. Was that coffee mug really heavy? I know the, no. the woman made a lot of disparaging comments, like, oh, I'm surprised you could carry that. It was, it was very, very light. I okay. made out of styrofoam. As many real coffee cups are, so... That was fitting, and it's nice to be called a winner sometimes. So. Yes, oh, yes, we also won a strip of tickets, which really is quite a, quite a nice prize. It actually is better than, yeah, just being like, oh, you're a winner. Here's, you know, a pat on the back, getting $8. a strip of tickets. $8.50 value. What a deal. 
I mean, it's pretty fantastic. I, and then we spent it on that rainbow cone, mostly, that fell onto my pants. So, Still not as bad as... One of my all-time favorite taste memories is a man bought his little son an ice cream cone from Rainbow Cone, and the son, as they're walking away, takes a lick, and the entire cone just falls out, the entire ice cream part. And you just see the man go like, no! And you follow his gaze onto the ground. And the kid just has no idea what he's just done. And the, he kind of looks up at the dad like, so are we getting another one now? And I don't know if they got back in line, but I, I always get a kick out of that. And as far as I know, I've never dropped an entire ice cream cone, but it's always a fear of mine. I think the dad learned that. his lesson, and we'll get the taste portion next time. It's really the the wise call, the taste. For the non-Chicagoans listening, the taste portion is, a, I don't know, usually half to a third of the size of a normal size thing and costs a sometimes equal amount less, but sometimes the taste is a much better deal and sometimes it's shockingly a worse deal. So just got to play around and see see what's good, as much as your belly can handle. And that's... Where we'll leave the taste, because somehow we've talked 10 minutes about <laughs> Taste of Chicago, which is well more than I thought I'd ever speak about it, so that's always a good thing. Um, we also visited the Art Institute, which you guys go to a lot more frequently yes. since you've lived yes. here. And we also have a membership there, so we, we enjoy monthly outings. You recommend yeah. the membership? It's worthwhile. Yes, for us, for people who can get there often, it's, it's a good deal. Plus, for us... You know, if you have to pay $20 to get into a museum, we feel we need to spend the whole day there to get our money's worth. But with the membership, we can limit it to the amount of energy we have for that particular day. And they make an effort to uh, have several new things available uh, every month or two. If they add a new exhibit, sometimes it'll run you know, three or four months or, or sometimes longer, but... It's nice to have something new to go in there. And sometimes they're just rotating stuff in the collection. A lot of museums have stuff packed away that hardly ever comes out unless somebody makes the effort to bring it out. And I like that they highlight some new feature, or some new bit of work, or something there that we wouldn't ordinarily look at. So that's interesting. And we we also anybody anybody who goes to the art institute can do this, but they have I'll call them scavenger hunts where they'll have a list of uh, paintings or artworks that are part of a theme and they'll tell you the galleries to find them in so you go all around the museum trying to find this one picture that's in this scavenger hunt list and and there are pictures you walk by all the time but you never pay attention to them but now that you see how they're related to this particular theme it's it's kind of fun and I think because the, pri the prize is Taste of Chicago tickets. No, there's it? no prize, oh. but but because we have the membership, you know, that's something we would do because we make so many frequent trips down there. We'll go and see the exhibit or two that um, we're interested in, and then we'll stay and, and you know, try to find some of these other paintings that they highlight in their little little list. So it's it's nice. And I enjoyed the Renee Magritte exhibit that is there for a limited amount of time, just because I'm, I'm a big fan of surrealist paintings because they're <laughs> very comical to me, at least. I'm sure oftentimes they're painted to showcase like how depressed the actual artist was or how, you know, how crazy the world around them is. Um, but 
my personal favorite was the girl eating a bird. And it was just called, like, girl eating a bird. And something about, like, feast or treasure or something, or pleasure, like, pleasure of eating a bird. And it's just this girl holding a bird and going to, going to town on it, just eating, munching away. It was basically like a Thanksgiving recreation, except it was a sparrow or a raven or some kind of inedible bird. It made bird. me think of uh, blackbirds baking in a pie. Even better. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what the inspiration was, right? It was like she was eating chocolate or something. Yeah. I don't know. I already forget, and I read the, the note yesterday. It's tough. Um, so one of the other facets of locally sourced Joey that uh, ideally will be some sort of you know regularly occur occurring segment. Uh, maybe we'll have some fancy, uh, catchy music behind it, but for now, uh, it's just going to be a top three. Uh, top three any kinds of things. In this case, it's uh, top three songs that you guys enjoyed uh, growing up, you know, in your young adulthood back in the day. So generally, 60s and 70s. Possible eighties, you know, early eighties, something like that. Um, so I guess mom will start with you. Number, your number three. Oh, I don't know if I'll put these in any numerical order, but because there are so many songs that I really, really enjoyed, and if I hear them on the radio, I'll still enjoy them quite a bit. But I love anything Carol King does. But I think the very favorite one is "Up on the Roof." To me, that was just she just captured feelings of what it's like when you just need to get away and get some peace and quiet and, and enjoy nature. For her, nature was being in a big city and going up on the roof and looking at the sky, but I just think it's such a beautiful message, and she just put the words together so nicely. So that's a, a very favorite of mine. Maybe that one would be number one. Oh, it's just going the opposite of what I asked for. <laughs> But no, that's always good. And I guess I guess we'll just do your other two right now. Why not? Okay. You're on a roll. I, I also love Joy to the World. Um, I really like the Three Dog Night version. I know a lot of other people have also recorded that. But it's a little bit of a silly song, but I just think it's it's so happy that it uh, it's a good song to, to know and bop around to. And do you know that Jeremiah was a bullfrog reference? Is that something in particular, or is it just adding to the, the silliness of the lyrics? I don't know if there's meaning behind the lyrics or not. I, I've never looked that up. That would be interesting to do. But It's a project for the listeners. It's, it's just, it's so silly that it's it's wonderful. So, And then my, <clears throat> the last one, I, I really like Simon and Garfunkel. And uh, I know this... This is so different from the other two, but Bridge Over Troubled Waters. I just think that's, again, a very soothing song and, and um, sweet song. And I just I just like that a lot when I was younger, too. Very nice. Nice Thank little you. trio. Thank we'll you. make the playlist. So now you'll, you'll hear Dad's versions, which are, or Dad's favorites, which are completely different from mine, and you'll wonder how the two of us ever got together, <laughs> but... A lot of uh, a lot of black death metal in your <laughs> in your uh, list. I'm imagining that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna uh, start with one of the. I don't know if I'd put any of these in one, two, and three order. Let's have them all tied for. One. I've got a bunch of musical influences, but uh, when I was in high school, uh, we had a music class uh, which featured classical music. And the 
teacher would talk about various things or something. So um, one of his favorites was uh, Bela Bartok, and it was a work I believe was composed maybe 1945 thereabouts, but it was uh, called Concerto for Orchestra, and uh, I would sit with some friends up there and uh, we'd try to chat a little bit here and there, but my friends had said something, so I responded. And then, but the teacher caught us and then threw us all out of the room. And we would get demerits for this <laughs> behavior. And eventually, you'd uh, have to say after class and do time for an hour or something <laughs> in a study room or something. But I, I always felt bad that uh, you know, I, I liked classical music too, so I decided after I got out of high school, I by the record and listen to it. So it's now it's one of my favorite recordings. I don't know if it's just because of this memory, but I thought it's it's full of a lot of interesting music and uh, it features different parts of the orchestra as a kind of acting as a soloist for part of the music. So it's very inventive music for me. So it's still one of my favorites. Um, another uh, record, I must have heard this on FM radio too, which I didn't have for most of my my uh, youth, at any rate, I guess it was probably where I bought a clock radio or something, I think, in high school or something, and could get FM music and listen to kind of music you don't hear on top 40 radio anymore. So, and things seem much more interesting then than, than they, uh, they do on radio, even now on FM radio. But uh, one of the guys I, I really liked was uh, Leo Kotke. He's a uh, guitarist uh, who does finger picking and uh, would do a lot of odd uh, sounding titles uh, like one was called Busted Bicycle and, uh, he wrote some songs like called June Bug about a bug hopping around on the back porch or something but, but he has a wrote the liner notes on the back of his first album and I remember he he said uh, he's done some singing of talk times, but this is purely an instrumental album. He said his uh, voice sounds like geese farts on a muggy day. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Interesting that... description. Can't tell if that's good or bad. <laughs> and then lastly, another song I heard on, or uh, tune I really heard, it's uh, was uh, a guitarist named John McLaughlin. Uh, they just had the oddest sense of rhythm and just uh, would throw uh, throw off little runs uh, or those odd accents or suddenly uh, chopping rhythms into a song and just do it so did it so fluidly and he did it with a lot of electronics this time. It was an album called Devotion, so I had to go off and find that. It was I thought I'd heard a lot of good guitarists by then and rock music and everything, but this guy just amazed me with his dexterity and imagination. So, so I still listen to the guy today. He's gotten to be kind of an old geezer like me, even older, but but uh, still an interesting guitarist. Still rocks out. Well, not so much <laughs> rocking anymore. But he's, he seems fond of uh, using the whammy bar now just to get microtones. So he mm. does a lot of stuff where he's, he's not so much vibrating it, but just trying to move stuff down in kind of a bluesy fashion in some ways, but it's He's a big fan of Indian music too, so I think he's just trying to expand um, 
going beyond uh, you know simple notes in a scale, but always doing microtones. It's just a fraction of a, of a tone sometimes that he's, he likes playing with. So not everybody is up for it now, I think, but people might enjoy his uh, his uh, first uh, solo album. Well, hey, that's the homework then. The listeners <laughs> is, is check these songs out and learn how even with wildly different musical tastes, my parents still <laughs> still found each other and produced two of the best children, I'm sure. I, the this, world has ever yeah, seen. Yeah, the world has ever seen. <laughs> Taking the words out of my mouth. I, but yeah, I mean, that's all I got for, for you guys. What do you think? First podcast ever. Wonderful. you've done wonderful. I hope there's many more. Hopefully. We'll keep our fingers crossed. We'll You'll have back. to book some stars. Yeah, yeah, we'll come back and talk anytime. About um, anything you want. Probably going to take you up on that as we struggle to find guests <laughs> uh, down the road. Dad, what would you rate this out of 10? Well, I keep wondering uh, who your listeners are and what they would think of this. Too. But I doubt anybody's still listening at this point. But yeah, if you've made it through, they are, if you've made it we through admire all, your dedication. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, thank you for listening, too. If you are still listening or if you, you know, turn this off 10 seconds in, I, I still got your click, so I appreciate that. Now, this will be buried in a time capsule, so people will be listening to this maybe 100 years from now and discovering it Do people the still do time. time capsules? I remember that in elementary school, but I feel like it's a, I don't know, I thought it was on its way out when I was doing it, but I guess you still see kids across the street. Doing it, we live across the street from a school. No, we don't see it, but, but I every once in a while you'll see a guy would... with a metal detector. Yeah. <laughs> I would maybe I looking for a time capsule. People still do it because there's still things for people to see. Everything's not digital, um, so yeah, I would imagine it's still a project for grade schools. I wonder if someone schools. did it with Twinkies once they Ooh. announced they were gone. <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't really sad news to me, but apparently everyone loves Twinkies. So. Lots of distraught people after that. But but I thought they were coming back. I thought somebody decided to start making them again. Oh, that's actually happening. I thought that was just like a rumor. But No, I thought, maybe. I thought yeah. that oh. some but Chicago bakery started it. So I don't know. If they may not be nationwide, but at least around here they are. Well, you, go. you can thank Chicago for Yay. bringing the Twinkie back. Good stuff. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. And remember, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Get after it today, people. <laughs>